What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. I've been wanting to record a podcast on this crazy free agency for quite a while now, except I've always just been afraid that right when I finish recording, right when I post that episode, something crazy is going to go down. And it's going to be outdated right away. So because of that, I've just been waiting, letting everything accumulate. Now it's starting to slow down a little bit. Still some players definitely to be moved and a lot of impact players still out there. But we've got so many moves now, I feel very comfortable talking about them. And we've got a lot of movement, so I'm not going to talk about everything. I'm not going to shove it all into one podcast. So we're going to do the AFC on this podcast and then we will do the NFC on the next podcast. And we're going to look at all of the changes of this free agency frenzy, how it's going to impact fantasy football, how it's going to impact the team in general, how these players can be expected to worse or better, how they may change the situations of the teams that they are now joining, and how they are leaving the team in their shadow, you know, but the team they're leaving. For example, this didn't happen, but as an example, if J.D. McKissick did go with the Bills, how Antonio Gibson would be affected because McKissick is gone. So we're got we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to start with the Patriots and we're going to go by division. So we're going to start with the Patriots division with the Bills, Dolphins and Jets. And when we look at what the Patriots did, there's not too much. So it's a nice easy way to start off. Basically, James White's going to be back healthy at running back and they also added Ty Montgomery at running back. This is in addition to Damian Harris, in addition to Ramondre Stevenson. So to me, the only real update we have for the Patriots is that running back room. And it's not a good one because Damian Harris was pretty good for fantasy. When he was hurt, Ramondre Stevenson was pretty serviceable for fantasy. But now when you've got James White back healthy, who's going to be their main receiving back, I would assume. And if it's not him, it'll be Ty Montgomery. It's not going to be Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, assuming everyone stays healthy. That's not going to be great for Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Because now, they're just going to be more rushing, and they're splitting with each other. So, it's not looking too good over there. I would knock down Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson a little bit with James White and Ty Montgomery being added to the mix. Also, I'm just knocking down that running back room in general, because not only are there more people, but they lost guard Shaq Mason, who's been one of the better, highest graded guards per PFF over the past like four years and they lost him to the Bucks. So they lost a guard and they've got two receiving running backs now added to the mix from what they had last year. That's the update on the Patriots. Now let's look at the Bills. They lost wide receiver Cole Beasley, but they did add tight end OJ Howard and they also added edge defender, the Super Bowl winner, Von Miller. I think the six years, it's probably not actually a six-year contract. It probably just looks that way, and it's probably mind-blowing for us to look at that considering the age of Von Miller and that he's probably not even in his prime anymore. Um, But 
I'm sure they'll be able to get out of that contract in two, three years pretty easily. But they're going all in. And the AFC in general, uh, especially the AFC West, which we will get to, is going all in. And I love it. I absolutely love it. After the Bucks template and the Rams template or blueprints of, hey, build a team, drop in a quarterback, and just go all in, and you win a Super Bowl. Like, that's how it's worked. So it, it looks like a lot more teams are warming up to the idea. A lot of people are, a lot of managers, GMs, owners are just more willing to take risks, more willing to go for broke, as you could say, or no risk it, no biscuit, as Bruce Arians would say. But that's what the Bills, I think, are doing here with Von Miller. They're trying to just get that one thing that they think that they needed, the one thing they think they were missing. And so they added Von Miller. Now, the addition of O.J. Howard for fantasy purposes is actually significant to me. And it's not significant for O.J. Howard, but it's significant for Dawson Knox because Dawson Knox was good for fantasy because of his touchdown count. O.J. Howard could easily pull in four to six touchdowns. If he does that, that's going to hurt Dawson Knox a good amount. So I'm a little bit lower on Dawson Knox because of that addition. And it'll be fun to see what O.J. Howard's able to do. Maybe the Bucks for some reason... You know, maybe my Bucks and O.J. Howard just never got on the same page. Maybe O.J. Howard realizes that, you know, he's nearing the point in his career where if he doesn't make a change and have a great season soon, his career's pretty much over. So maybe that'll be what turns the page. Maybe it has nothing to do with the Bucks. But I'm just excited to see how that um, how that turns out. Then we've got the Dolphins. The Dolphins added, and I actually haven't heard anybody talk about this, added not only Chase Edmonds, which everyone's talking about, but also Raheem Mostert. So, Miles Gaskin is pretty much dead, um, at least if he's a Miami Dolphin, or as of now, he is pretty much useless. Um, you're not going to want to start him unless there's injuries. Now, when we're talking about injuries, Mostert, Edmonds, those are definitely guys that could get injured, but there's two of them, and you've still got the guys that were already there with Gaskin. So, that running back room is a mess. I really don't want any part of it at all. Like, I'm not excited for Chase Edmonds, and Gaskin and Mostert are... I don't know who's going to be the two. I'm assuming Edmonds is the one, but I'm not excited in any way for any of those guys right now because the Dolphins have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. And their offense is not going to be super explosive or provide very many scoring opportunities. So that's why we can't just be like, oh, you know, 49ers coaching staff, they're bringing over a 49er and Moster. They're going to have a run mentality possibly like the 49ers offense which produced good points for fantasy for the running back position it's not gonna be the same guys not gonna be the same they also added wide receiver Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys I do not like this because it makes me temper expectations for Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle was locked in to me as another 100 plus reception season that's probably gonna be tough to replicate with Cedric Wilson and what I imagine is gonna be another weapon that they're gonna add in the draft and then they also added quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Now, to go back to Cedric Wilson and Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle was in the slot most of the season last year. That's why he got so many targets. That's why he got so many receptions. And I'm sorry, um, I'm not sure if I said 100 targets. I meant 100 receptions. It would be hard for him to replicate over 100 receptions. He's definitely getting more than 100 targets, if that's uh, if I spoke incorrectly. But Jalen Waddle was out of the slot. Now, Cedric Wilson's probably going to go into the slot a bit and push Jalen Waddle outside. Now, if you believe in Tua and you think Tua pushing the ball downfield is going to happen, it's going to work out, this coaching staff's going to figure it out with him, build a good scheme, and he's going to be able to hit deep shots to Jalen Waddle, then there's no reason to be 
you know, worried at all about Jalen Waddle. But if you're like me and you're a little bit more hesitant and you kind of wish that Jalen Waddle just kept the role that he already had from last year, that just super high volume role, which I'm not even sure if he's built for. We'll see. But like body type wise, he might not be built for it. But I was just loving the way that he was used for fantasy purposes. And I was down for that. That's probably not going to be what we see now. So we're going to need, whether it's Tua or Teddy, I'm sure it's going to be Tua. I'm sure Teddy's just a backup. But because it's hard for me to picture um, somebody taking a head coaching job with the Dolphins if they don't believe in Tua, especially if that's supposedly one of the reasons that Brian Flores was fired because he didn't believe in Tua. So I'm sure Tua's going to have the whole season and everything. And unless he gets hurt, Teddy Bridgewater won't see the field. But we're going to need those guys to push the ball down the field to Waddle effectively now because Waddle's probably not going to just get all of those short yardage targets from the slot. Then we've got the Jets. The Jets added two tight ends. They added Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzuma. Those are decent, I guess. I mean, I like the Uzuma signing. Conklin, okay, that's fine. They did do something that I did like a lot, though, for the offense, and that was add guard Lakin Tomlinson. So they're trying to fortify that offensive line. Hopefully, Makai Becton is healthy for them. That offensive line will actually not be too shabby. They also added two safeties. Safety was a very bad position for them last year. They added the Buccaneers' Jordan Whitehead, who is a superb playmaker. Now, I'm not saying he's a great safety, but in terms of making plays, dude, that dude is out there ridiculous. There were some games where Jordan Whitehead would make four plays in a row that just changed the game, whether it was blowing someone up behind the line of scrimmage and then causing a forced pass off a blitz and then causing a fumble and then getting a hand on a ball like just he makes plays the dude is ridiculous I I he is like a missile out there so I think that was a good signing for them they also signed safety DJ Reed so two upgrades in my opinion at that safety position for them and then that that basically caps out that division so not anything too crazy for the Jets fantasy wise um just you know adding a guard that's probably gonna help um a little bit for both Zach Wilson and Michael Carter and adding the tight ends might help Zach Wilson a little bit. I wouldn't say either of those two tight ends are like super great blockers, though. So I wouldn't look at it, you know, as a crazy addition because they're also not crazy receiving threats. Then we've got the Chiefs division. So this is the AFC West. This is what everyone is drooling over. That's what we're going to start now. So the Chiefs lost linebacker Anthony Hitchens. They also lost safety Tyron Matthew. That's going to hurt them. They added safety Justin Reed, but he's not going to be as good as Tyron Matthew. So their defense overall is taking a slight bump at safety, and they're losing Anthony Hitchens. So I would say their defense is going to be a slight bit worse next year. Now, they did add wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. I want to ask you a question. Juju Smith-Schuster, do you think that he is going to get six targets a game? Simple question six targets. I would say you're probably thinking six targets. That seems pretty reasonable. Considering the way that Juju is used, the type of wide receiver Juju is, he's not just like a deep threat where you're going to only throw him four or five balls a game. And he's not just a specialist receiver that, you know, you want to use him in the red zone or whatever the case may be where you're not, you know, he's as if he's not a good route runner. He's a good route runner. He's got good hands. He runs short and over the middle of the field as well. He's going to get six targets a game, right? I'm sure you're probably thinking that as well. So if we actually believe that Juju's going to get six targets a game, then you also must be of the belief 
that Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, one of them, is going to take a slight knock from this addition. Because six targets a game for Juju Smith-Schuster would be 102 targets in a 17-game season. That's 20 targets more than Michael Hardman last year. And last year, Michael Hardman had the highest target count that the third target getter has gotten for the Chiefs offense in quite a while. So that might have seemed like a mouthful. Basically, what I'm saying is Juju is going to get more targets as a third option than any third option they have had before, which means that they're going to take targets away from at least a couple from Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. And why can't it just be taking away from the options behind him? Because all those options are still there. Sometimes we'll see a third wide receiver come in. Like, I'll give you an example. If Michael Hardman left and Juju came in, then maybe he might knock a couple targets off Kelsey or Hill, but it's very possible he doesn't. He just takes Hardman's targets and a couple from the fourth receiver. But with Hardman still there, now getting pushed down to the fourth receiver, they're still going to use him. They're still going to utilize his speed. He's going to have a role that's more prominent than what their fourth wide receiver had last year. So you're going to have to take targets away. And I think it's going to hurt Kelsey a little bit. I don't think it's going to hurt Hill because Tyreek's going to just be able to play on the outside more. And he's going to get his deep targets and have his explosive plays. I think it's going to hurt Kelsey for two reasons. One reason is because Kelsey, for a very long time, has been the only over-the-middle-of-the-field target for Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill has been short and deep. And Miko Hardman has been deep. So Travis Kelsey has dominated short area targets and middle-of-the-field targets. Juju Smith-Schuster is the same type of player in terms of what he plays. So with that knowledge, you have to be willing to to admit that Travis Kelsey's probably not going to get as many targets. That's reason number one. Reason number two is Travis Kelsey is getting up there in age, and they probably would rather him play a little bit longer at a high level if they could, and taking a couple targets off of an older tight end's plate is not a bad idea when you've got somebody who's going to be good now like Juju Smith-Schuster so it just makes too much sense sense to me they play similar areas of the field and Kelsey's getting older Juju's going to take a couple targets away from him it makes the decision easier for me to pass on Kelsey and take now I'm not saying pass on him like straight up like I love Kelsey and if he's in the second round I'm gonna take him every single time in fantasy and redraft I'll take him in the second round for sure but it makes it easier to pass up on Kelsey and take a shot at a Kyle Pitts, who might, maybe, depending on what happens at quarterback and what happens overall with the Falcons for the rest of the offseason, might be tight on one. Because the only thing Kyle Pitts was really missing in a superb rookie season was touchdowns. And now he's going into year two, where tight end, rookie tight ends usually don't do much at all in their rookie season. He did amazing. So Kyle Pitts could be tight end one. Mark Andrews could be tight end one again. Maybe George Kittle is finally healthy and tight end one. Maybe with the addition of Devontae Adams, which we'll talk about this in a second because the same division, but maybe with the addition of Devontae Adams, Darren Waller could get more touchdowns, get pressure taken off of him, and actually be more efficient with his targets. Yeah, he'll lose targets probably, but still be more efficient and get a lot more touchdowns, and he could be the tight end one. Who knows? So... It just makes it easier for me to say, you know, Kelsey's not like so much ahead of all of these other tight ends this year, like he has been in the past. So now let's talk about those Raiders since we already started. They added linebacker or edge 
defender Chandler Jones. That was a nice addition for them. They also swapped Yannick Ngakwe for Rakia Sin. They needed a corner, and they're going to try and take a shot with Rakia Sin, and then they replaced Ngakwe with Chandler Jones, so that's awesome. And then they added, obviously, Devontae Adams. This is going to be very good for Derek Carr. Now he has two people, he three people he really, really trusts. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. He's got all three of them. They complement each other very well. Hunter Renfro's short, not like short in stature, but short in the in terms of where he runs on the field. Short routes, short to intermediate routes. Darren Waller's intermediate routes with the occasional threat to go deep, and Devontae Adams is everything. Absolutely everything. But he's going to, because he's so dominant, he's going to take the pressure off Waller, and Waller's no longer going to have to deal with double coverage because Devontae Adams is going to be dealing with double double coverage. So this is going to be great for Derek Carr overall. It's probably going to be pretty good for the offense in general. It's definitely going to be good for the offense in general, but it's probably going to be pretty good for the running backs as well, just because if this offense takes a step forward, plus you're looking at their division, right? They're going to have to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs twice, toe-to-toe with the Chargers twice, toe-to-toe with the Broncos twice. Those are all sick offenses now. So this all of the divisional matchups might be shootouts in this division. Might be. Now, Division divisional matchups are tricky, okay? We're going to have to see how that works out. I'm not going to just get our hopes up. Sometimes, even when you're dealing with two high-powered offenses, if they're in the same division, sometimes the games are lower scoring than you would hope. So we'll see what, what ends up happening. But I'm just I'm super excited for this offense overall. I want a piece of it. So Devontae Adams, I'll be happy to grab and... Darren Waller, I'll be all over. I think a lot of people are going to be lower on Waller. I'm not really going to move him much from how I thought of him last year but before he was injured, obviously. So that's the Raiders. Now we've got the Chargers. They added Khalil Mack. They added J.C. Jackson, a corner from the Patriots. And then they lost right tackle Brian Bulaga. The loss of Brian Bulaga is going to hurt a little bit, but their defense is going to get bolstered. Hopefully Justin Herbert takes a third step or takes a step in his third year, becomes even better. They might, they might be a sleeper. Not, I don't know if they're a sleeper, but they might grab a wide receiver in the first round. I haven't seen too many people mocking it, so that's why I said maybe a sleeper. But like, if they grab a Jamison Williams, that would be sick. Some speed to go out there with alongside Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Throw out a deep threat for Justin Herbert's sick arm. That would be a perfect pairing in my in my eyes. But we'll see what happens. I'm just super excited because. I think Herbert will take a step forward. I think the offense is going to continue to be very good, if not better. And I'm excited to see them play off against all of their division opponents. And then we've got the last team, the Broncos. Now, let me say something. I think that the Broncos might take this division. Now, that might sound crazy, but let me give you my pitch. Raiders, okay, they are very, very good balanced team in any division, any other division, they would be challenging for the best team in the division. They still might even challenge this division as the best team. The Raiders knocked down the Chiefs last year. The Broncos knocked down the Chiefs. It seems like either every year they knock them down or they at least destroy their offense. It seems like the Chiefs can never, can never put up points against the Broncos. Well, guess what? The Broncos are putting up points now themselves, right? For me, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that no matter how good they are, there's one team in their division that always knows how to stop them. 
And that exists for the Chiefs. That team is the Broncos. The Broncos has always known or have always known how to slow down the Chiefs offense. They do it every single year, twice a year. They're going to continue to do that, except now their offense is just as good. Because the Chiefs have been the pinnacle. They have been, you know, the top tier elite. They're, they're not getting better. They're not getting better than what they have been. The Broncos are getting better. Now, Russell Wilson throwing the ball to Jerry Judy, to Cortland Sutton. It might not be as as dangerous as DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but he's got a very good defense backing him now. He's got a better offensive line than what he had in Seattle. And he's got Javante Williams, which is going to be very nice. And we'll see if they end up re-signing Melvin Gordon. I don't think they will. But overall, the Broncos, they lost Noah Fant. He's now with the Seahawks. They lost defensive tackle Shelby Harris, but they replaced him with defensive tackle DJ Jones. They added edge defender Randy Gregory, and then now they obviously have Russell Wilson. So I think the Broncos might take this division. And I say that solely because I don't think they're going to be the best team in the division, like with how they play everybody else. But I think they specifically play all the teams in their division very well every year. And that's why I think the Broncos might actually win their division. But for fantasy purposes, Jerry Judy, to me, versus Cortland Sutton is a very interesting debate. A lot of people want to go Cortland Sutton because they think, oh, you know, Cortland Sutton's more like DK. Did we forget that Tyler Lockett was just as good as DK? And sometimes better. Did we forget that already? Like, what am I missing? And also, not only do they say, oh, you know, the DK, but yes, this part makes more sense. You know, Corlin Sutton is a 50-50 contested catch type receiver. He's a big X receiver. He likes to be on the outside. He's a good touchdown threat. Russell Wilson likes to throw to that type of guy. That's correct. But Jerry Judy is always wide open. And good quarterbacks throw to guys that are wide open. Bad quarterbacks sometimes don't see the guys that are wide open because they don't know how to read the field. Russell Wilson knows how to read the field, and he's probably going to see Jerry Judy every time he's wide open. So Jerry Judy could very easily be better than Cortland Sutton. So to me, I'm placing them both pretty much at the same, in the same bucket, and I'm putting them both as back-end wide receiver twos or high-end wide receiver threes. They're guys I would want in my flex all season. Now, one might pull ahead of the other, and that would cause one to be of a solid wide receiver two and the other not. But as of right now, I'm looking them looking at them both as wide receiver three high end. So we're talking wide receivers like 25 to 27. That's where I'm looking at them at for what I would draft them at. Then Javante Williams, I think this actually helps him. Because if you look at what Russell Wilson has done over his career, his best seasons always come when he is more efficient and doesn't throw the ball as much. When you look, If you look at games overall that Russell Wilson throws the ball more than 36, 37 times, his efficiency drops. He is way more efficient, way more of the magician that Russell Wilson is when you think of him. When he is low volume, because then he's high efficiency, he builds his... his uh, Accuracy, not accuracy, but his explosiveness, all that stuff is built off of a good run game. When he, when there's no run game or when he's just airing it out and throwing it all the time, he's losing so much that makes him so good. And I think the Broncos have always been a team that relies on their defense and 
has usually had a really good run game. They have both of those this year. So I don't think Russell Wilson's going to just go crazy. I don't think we're going to see Russell Wilson throw for more than 5,000 yards. I don't think like Brady did with the Bucks and then Stafford with the Rams, or he was really, Stafford was really close if he didn't do it um, in their first seasons. I don't think we're going to see that because I think the Broncos know how to build the best offense for Russell Wilson, and that's going to be relying on the defense, pounding the rock, and letting Russell use play action and take advantage of a defense that doesn't know what's coming because they're not passing it all the time. So everyone that's saying, oh, let Russ cook, let Russ cook, statistically letting Russ cook means not letting him throw the ball a lot. So that's what I think we're going to see from this offense. I think Javante Williams is going to be more efficient and have more scoring opportunities. And obviously, if Melvin Gordon doesn't get resigned, have way more touches. So Javante Williams is probably going to be, I haven't done my projections. I don't even know if I'll be able to do projections this year because that takes a huge amount of time. And I'm finally in my career field that I've been working to get to for a while. So, And it takes a lot of time off my hands. So I don't know if I'll be able to do full lot projections, but Javante Williams is likely going to be like running back five to eight for me in redraft. Now let's talk about the next division and that's going to be, and real quick, a lot of people are probably like, oh, you didn't talk about Albert Oguebunam. Okay. I think he'll be okay, but I'm, I'm not putting all my eggs into this like Russell Wilson tight end basket because I think that's always been a little bit overhyped. And yes, is he worth a flyer? Sure. But there's just as many reasons to take flyers on him as anybody else so I'm not like super excited for him specifically now with that said we'll move over to the AFC North with the Steelers Bengals Ravens and Browns let's start with the Browns they added wide receiver Amari Cooper they lost wide receiver Jarvis Landry but I'm curious to see if with the addition of Deshaun Watson now Jarvis Landry will come back I think he might they also added defensive end Chase Winovich so the Browns definitely got better. The Browns have had one of the better rosters in the NFL. And I'm not an anti-Baker guy. I'm really not. But obviously, we know Watson is way better than Baker. And when you've had a very good roster, and then you replace Baker with Watson, however you know, however it comes about, whether Watson misses half the season or whatever, once Watson is playing... They will be one of the better teams in the NFL. They'll probably be the best team in their division. It'll be close. It'll be close. To me, it depends on what they do at wide receiver. If they just roll out Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Njoku with Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that's a really good offense already. But if they're rolling out that, I wouldn't say 100% they're going to be better than the Bengals or the Ravens. But I will say that if they bring back Jarvis or they draft another wide receiver high in this draft, one of the good wide receivers with Deshaun Watson, that they probably will be the best team in their division. So it's going to be very interesting. But Amari Cooper, we know is going to be with Deshaun Watson. And I think that that's going to be pretty good for Cooper. It's not going to be really, I can't imagine it being much better than what he had, if better at all than what he had with Dak Prescott in Dallas. So I'm not moving Amari Cooper up at all, but I know a lot of people were probably freaking out. Oh, Amari Cooper's with Baker, which I was actually kind of excited to see. Um, But obviously we're not going to be seeing that. Baker has to get moved. And unfortunately, I was hoping that would happen before recording this podcast. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, but it hasn't. So if I had to give you my guess on where Baker gets moved, since we are talking about the Browns, and right now they still have him, I know he wants to go to Indy. 
I know the Browns don't give a crap what he wants. Um, which, I, I mean, it's tough. The whole, like, Baker-Brown saga is kind of tough. I, I think I side a little bit more with the Baker uh, side of the story than I do the Browns. Although I don't blame them for going after Deshaun Watson. I just think that they should have handled it a lot better. And, like, I think them and Baker could have just communicated better with each other. But, anyways... I know they don't care where Baker goes or what he where he wants to go. They probably would rather not keep him in the divi- uh, in the conference, not because they would be scared of him, but just because why give a quarterback that's an upgrade to a team like the Colts, who almost made the playoffs last year, when we could ship him off to the NFC. So I think he'll probably end up in the NFC. He'll probably be with the Saints or the Panthers. I would think the Panthers, personally. Um... But I would say the Saints or the Panthers. Uh, I would have said Washington if they didn't make the Carson Wentz deal. I actually would have liked to see that. That probably would have been a pretty interesting fit. But I think that's where I, what I would say. I would say Panthers or Saints. Now, with that said, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, about the same for me. I'm thinking of them the same way as they were. Now let's talk about the Steelers. They added Mitchell Trubisky. They added linebacker Miles Jack. They added center James Daniel. They added offensive lineman Mason Cole. Yeah, they lost Juju, but Juju didn't even play last year. So if you're looking at who they had last year, they really only made additions, pretty much. And obviously they lost Big Ben, but they only made additions. And the two key additions to me are James Daniels and Mason Cole, two offensive linemen. Their offensive line was really bad last year. Najee Harris was super good for fantasy, as predicted. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A lot of people were really low on Najee Harris because of how bad the offense was going to be and how bad the offensive line was. But I was all over Najee Harris because of receiving upside and total touches. I knew he was going to get the touches, and I knew he was going to get receptions, and he did. And he actually ended up almost exactly where I ranked him, and I had him ranked higher than anybody else. So I was super happy with the outcome last year for Najee. But it's going to be better this year. Maybe not receptions-wise, but he's going to be a much better runner because the offensive line is going to be much better. The offense is not going to be worse, trust me. Mitchell Trubisky is not going to make the offense worse than what Big Ben was last year. And depending on whether Trubisky wants to throw or not to Najee Harris is going to depend on whether Najee Harris is better for fantasy than he was last year or if he's the same. If he's the same, he's going to do it more as a runner and less as a receiver. If he's better, then he's keeping the same receiving role. He's just running more efficiently and getting more touchdowns. But Najee Harris, I'm super excited for. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, that's tough for me. That's a tough one. I've never been a Chase Claypool guy. I've always stayed away from him, so I'm staying away from him again. Deontay Johnson is going to depend on his ADP, but I could not see myself taking him higher than like wide receiver 20, personally. Like, I would put him in the same bucket, actually, as like Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton. And I'm not sure who I would, what order I would draft those three guys in. Actually, that makes me want to put a poll out. I'll probably do that right when I finish recording the podcast. Put a poll out, see who you guys would rather have between Judy, Sutton, and Deontay Johnson. I'll throw Claypool in there, too. But that's what we got with the Steelers. Then the Bengals, they did what they should be doing, but don't stop. Do not stop. They added center Ted Karras and guard Alex Kappa. So Alex Kappel is a pretty good guard from the Bucks that they added, and then Ted Cross as well. So two offensive line additions. They still need to make more. I hope I I hope that they still go either first or second round and grab an offensive lineman. If I'm the Bengals, I'm going all in, dude. 
all in. J just destroy. Just destroy your... Oh, man, what's the word? Ac ac acquisitions. There it is. Just destroy your acquisitions at offensive line. You've already got two. Just get a first-round lineman in there. Boom. Boom. Protect Joe Burrow. He's got the wide receivers. He's got the running back. He just needs the offensive line. So just go all in. Don't worry about the defense right away. Protecting Joe Burrow is your number one priority. Number one priority. So please add another lineman. But that's very good so far. And it's looking very good for Joe Burrow, for Joe Mixon. The wide receivers, I wouldn't say get a step up. But I would say Joe Burrow does and the running backs do as well. Or Joe Mixon does. Then the Ravens, they haven't really made much moves they tried to get Zadarius Smith, and then he backed out of the contract, and now he's just still still a free agent, so I don't really know why he backed out if he didn't have another offer that he was ready to accept, so that was kind of weird, but the Ravens have been one of the quietest teams. Really, they added Marcus Williams, the safety from the Saints, who's pretty good, and then that was about it, so we're looking at pretty much the same from Baltimore. Now, we've got one division left, and that's going to be the AFC South. The Titans will start off with they lost wide receiver Julio Jones, but they just replaced him with wide receiver Robert Woods. I think Woods now coming off injury is probably just as good as what Julio Jones was when he was on the field for the Titans. I'm not super, super excited. If you guys remember last year, I was very excited, excited for the Titans offense. I was like, dude, Derrick Henry is still sick. And then now they have Julio Jones and AJ Brown. Like, this is going to be insane. And then Julio Jones was never on the field. Derrick Henry got hurt. Just the whole, everything just got absolutely derailed for the Titans. But, and they were still able, to, still able to be very good, which shows you, you know, their coach deserves a lot of credit. And anyways, the Titans, I think Robert Woods will probably have a, a decent a decent season, but I'm not really going to be looking towards him in fantasy I'd probably stay away from Derrick Henry at this point, too, because of his age and because he's coming off injury. For me, it's going to be A.J. Brown or nothing. I'm not I'm not interested in anybody else on that offense for fantasy purposes. It's A.J. Brown or nothing. Then Texans, they lost, obviously, Deshaun Watson. They traded him for a haul of picks. And hopefully, I hope, they're going to add some weapons for Davis Mills. I wouldn't blame them if they don't, though, because right now they have holes everywhere. And this is a very good defensive draft and a very good offensive line draft. Now, it's got very good depth at wide receiver as well. But I I feel like they're probably going to focus a lot on defense. I feel like that's what Houston's going to do. Maybe grab an offensive lineman, which that would be perfect. For me, if their first pick is an offensive lineman and then the rest of their picks are defense, I like it. I like it. But I wouldn't blame them for taking Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau or Kyle Hamilton at the top of the draft and actually we will have I will be posting a podcast with a mock draft at some point before the NFL draft because I always love doing those and I always shoot to try to get eight right because if you can get eight out of 32 right that's 25 percent and that's better than or that's just above average so it's better than a lot of people that pump out mock drafts usually like I would always take you know, Charles Davis, Mel Kuyper, Daniel Jeremiah, I would take all their, all those like main guys, I would take all their mock drafts every year, and I would see, oh, how many picks did they get right? And the way I do it is not where a player gets picked, it's a player team pairing. 
because who cares where they get picked? That doesn't really matter. And what matters is who picked them, so where they're playing. So I always do it based off player team fits. And usually the average was like seven right, like six to seven right. So being able to get eight right is what I always shoot for because then I can be like, oh, yeah, I was like, like better than most of the people that pumped out mock drafts. So I like to do that. And I'll be posting a mock draft for sure. But anyways, going back to the Titans, yeah, just A.J. Brown. And then, or sorry, back to the Texans. Davis Mills, if they grab an offensive lineman, that'll be a nice upgrade for him. It's hard for me to see them spending a high pick on a wide receiver, but I would be very happy if they did so because I like Davis Mills and I'm hoping to see him actually become a franchise quarterback for Houston. Now let's talk about the Colts. They lost Carson Wentz. They did add Yannick Ngakwe. And right now, they are in limbo at quarterback. They're probably going to end up with a Baker Mayfield or a Marcus Mariota. And honestly, I'm not even sure if they want Baker Mayfield. So that's another reason why I think Baker's going to end up in the NFC. Because I don't. I know he said he wants to go to the Colts. We didn't hear anything from the Colts, though. So that doesn't really mean anything. So they're probably going to go, you know, maybe they'll get a Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's probably the best move that they can make at this point. I wouldn't want to invest in a rookie in this quarterback class. I think they should just get Jimmy, see what they could do next year. And if he's not good for them, then they've got a much better rookie quarterback class in 2023 to work with. But they lost Carson Wentz, and right now we don't know what they're doing, so I can't really give you fantasy takeaways on any of their guys yet. And now let's finish the podcast talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, you guys got so much better this offseason. Not. Not. They lost linebacker Miles Jack, but they replaced him with linebacker Foyasada Luakun. They added cornerback Darius Williams. They added defensive tackle Foley Fatukasi. They added guard Brandon Scherf, which I like that move. They lost wide receiver DJ Chark. They added wide receiver Christian Kirk. They added wide receiver Zay Jones, and they added tight end Evan Ingram. But let's do an exercise. Let's look at this. Top options, okay, from last year to this year. Let's look at the Jaguars' offense last year with the players that they had if everybody's healthy. Trevor Lawrence throwing to DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault as the three wide receivers. And I cannot remember the tight end's name, but he's not bad. He's not worse than Evan Ingram. He's just as good as Evan Ingram, so who cares? <laughs> um, so is DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones as the three wide receivers? Does that look worse to you? Or sound worse to you than Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and whoever they decide to to be their third wide receiver? To me, that's not an upgrade. They didn't. They did not upgrade. They they didn't. Like I I I don't know if DJ Chark just didn't want to sign with them. I would rather have DJ Chark than Christian Kirk. I like Christian Kirk, but I would rather have DJ Chark. So I think that swap. Those, like those two people swap is a loss and then Zay Jones is a nobody he was the best of the worst in not Oakland in uh Las Vegas and Evan Ingram is Evan Ingram like I didn't say OJ Howard was an upgrade for the over the second tight end for the Bills like Evan Ingram OJ Howard who's the other one David Njoku like these guys are athletic but they have failed to prove anything worth value to teams and that's why they haven't done anything and why two of them are on new teams and hit free agency so anyways 
Jacksonville, to me, the only thing that was positive, <laughs> the only positive was them signing guard Brandon Scherf. That was the only thing that I liked. Everything else I scoffed at, to be honest. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I do like their coaching changes, though. So that's going to be good. So I do think they're going to get better, but I don't think that the wide receiver additions were a good sign. And now, because they just did that, because they just gave Christian Kirk all that money and Zay Jones all that money and brought in Evan Ingram, they're probably not going to be drafting wide receiver, which is probably what they should have been doing. But who am I to judge? I'm just a podcaster. I'm not somebody getting paid millions and millions of dollars. So hopefully those people are smarter than me and hopefully they made good decisions. But I don't think they did. And you probably don't either. But that's the end of this podcast. I will be talking about the NFC free agency frenzy on the next podcast and any updates that happen in the AFC by the time the next podcast comes out versus when this was released. And then after that, I'll probably have my mock. And then we'll talk about some rookies. And yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. I know it's been a minute. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.